We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. In this episode, we are going to discuss using click funnels for e-commerce, how and why. We're breaking down the ideal use cases and the wrong use cases, just as important what not to use it for, and much more. So, Jason, I know you've been using click funnels to generate a six-figure revenue stream this year, and we're only just halfway through. And so I want to ask you all about it. I'm genuinely really curious about this. As a preview during this conversation, we're going to answer a few of these things. Are you ready to tell all about these topics and, and help us understand how and why to use ClickFunnels for e-commerce. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love this topic. It's a great one. We are fans of ClickFunnels. We use it and really have a lot of conversations with our e-commerce coaching clients as well, frequently about ClickFunnels use case and how and why, why not, when, all, you know, all the details of, you know, kind of integrating it into an e-commerce operation. So in this episode, yeah, let's dive into all of those elements and really help people understand the pros and cons and how it might work for them. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I guess that's my first question. But my prejudice, I suppose, about ClickFunnels, which I don't think I'm the only person to have it, is that it's all about information products. And, you know, Russell Brunson is, mm-hmm. as you say, all over the internet. And, and lots of people obviously use ClickFunnels and swear by it. But does it fit into an e-commerce type business, whatever that means? And, and if so, how does it work? Mm-hmm. How does that integration work? Yeah, it's a great question. So let's well, let's start with the very beginning question, which is what is ClickFunnels, right? For the people who aren't even familiar with it, um, ClickFunnels is a landing page or a website page builder tool, similar to Shopify, similar to Wix or uh, WooCommerce or many other you know, landing page builders. And it's by Russell Brunson, a fantastic internet marketer. And it's become quite the rage in the last few years. Many, many people using it. It's become a huge company in its own right. And it has got a, a, quite a use case. Now, to, to your question uh, about whether it's just for information product sellers, I think they would say no. Many of their use cases and examples that they put on you know, their, their site and they talk about do refer to ClickFunnels as a tool for e-commerce physical product sellers. Now, I'll, I'll speak into this from my point of view. I will, you know, I do have an opinion about that. And so I think there, there's a, a question of the appropriate use case and when it makes sense for physical products and when it wouldn't make sense for physical products, I think is the the gist of it that we really need to drill into. And, you know, hopefully that prompts a few thoughts, but I'm happy to just dive right into that idea if you'd like. Yeah, well, I guess that is one of the questions. I mean, I suppose that the first question for somebody who's got a business that in its current form is only really focused on physical products. Is ClickFunnels really relevant to that world or is Shopify really not more suited or WooCommerce for that matter? Mm-hmm. I think that the way to look at ClickFunnels is that it's a effective tool for creating campaigns, marketing campaigns. And the marketing campaign, that's what I would call it. I would call it a campaign tool. And the campaign could be in support of a physical product. It could be in support of a digital product. It could be in support of a membership program. It could be in support of a recurring software as a service tool. So the the use case, though, for why and how you would integrate it depends on what you already do. And so let's just play out a a couple examples for that. Let's say you have a physical product and you currently sell it on Amazon only. 
and you want to launch it one product, just one product on your your own direct to consumer website, could ClickFunnels be a, a tool for that? Sure. Yeah, it totally it works just like any other, you know, end to end, you know, e-commerce platform in that regard. So you could sell physical products, get them shipped out the whole the whole thing. Now, if you have a whole suite of physical products or a collection of products, I would say, mm, I don't think so. I, I, I wouldn't go down that road. Or if you intend to have a whole suite of physical products, if you are a physical product seller and you um, already have a Shopify site set up and you're selling products regularly, then it becomes a little nuanced. And here's where I would go back to saying this is a campaign level tool. So let's say you've got a half dozen physical products on a Shopify site. You also sell them on Amazon. And you're saying, does ClickFunnels fit in? I would say if you have some campaign that you're going to do, that's a short time limited campaign. Maybe it's a special product where you really want to sell it effectively for, you know, a, a few weeks. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a book you're doing or something like that. You know, something that's a special effort. ClickFunnels could certainly be a good use case for that. In that context, in that use case, again, if you had your own Shopify site, let's just call it, you know, whatever, call it the happygardinglife.com if you want, just use mine. I would probably do it with a subdomain structure. So I would say books or, you know, gardenbook.thehappygardeninglife.com and the garden book subdomain is where I would have all of the ClickFunnels tool reside. And I would still have my normal Shopify site be on the top level domain. So if that just got way into the weeds and into the deep into the swimming pool, I apologize. But this is sort of how you want to think about uh, ClickFunnels is, you know, kind of in the context of what you're already doing. That makes sense. I'm not, I guess that the people are listening who are at the raw beginnings of, of things, which I know you're, you're you know, trying to serve a lot of people these days, a real broad spectrum people, might find that um, it's going to be you know, a bit too much to take on at this point. But I would yeah. say um, somebody relatively early stages, if they've got a product on a few products on Amazon, they want to get their hero products and get it and working on their own direct-to-consumer site. The fact that it's very limited is actually a good thing for mm-hmm. starters, but mm-hmm. I guess it's yeah, it sounds like it's it's not really, if you really definitely know you want to create a suite, it's not the tool for the choice. But it does sound like if there is yeah. something you want to temporary focus on, that it's a really good tool, which really brings me to another question, which is about the sort of launch model versus evergreen. In the information mm-hmm. marketing world, I guess that there's a kind of infamous uh, marketing launch. We've all been on the end of 50 trillion emails promising the earth with 10, you know, at least eight bonuses, most of which you don't want. Yeah. And then in the Amazon world, there's that aggressive product launch we do, you know, traditionally. Yeah. So, and then there's the evergreen thing, which I guess Shopify or general Amazon sell is more, more built for. How do you think kind of ClickFunnels overlaps with that concept of launch, you know, an aggressive launch one time versus mm-hmm. evergreen funnels? Oh, it's a great question. I think that uh, I wouldn't frame it so much as, well, let me say it this way. I think ClickFunnels is a good use case for an evergreen product that you want to sell over and over and over again with paid external traffic coming to your core land, your, you know, your product page. So that that's the, that's the thing that makes sense. Paid external traffic coming to your landing page. However, if you wanted to do an evergreen product and really deep, de- deeply dig into content marketing where you're blogging a lot, you're doing contests and other things on your website, ClickFunnels makes no sense. They just, it, the blogging piece by itself is like a non-starter. So you want to think, you know, so, so that's kind of the, I guess it's a very specific use case, isn't it, for ClickFunnels? But but I think, you know, that's one of the things you want to think about is how do I want to market my evergreen product for the long term? If it's just external traffic onto the specific product page, great, ClickFunnels could work. 
But if you want to really go into blogging in particular, uh, I wouldn't, I would use Shopify. I would never use uh, ClickFunnels for that. Interesting. All right. So it does sound quite specific. So yeah. there's lots of ways to go from this point. And what, one <laughs> question is, well, you've already hinted that when not to use it is an important question. So I suppose mm -hmm. we're starting to talk about that. What, what are the other places where you would say ClickFunnels is, is not the right tool for the job? Yeah, I, I think the challenge to think through with implementing ClickFunnels, because we get a lot of our coaching clients who hear Russell's marketing and who are on Shopify and they're like, oh, we're going, we're, we want to go for ClickFunnels. And like, well, you've got 39,000 customers in your Shopify account right now. <laughs> None of those will, you know, the only way in which those tie together is if you email them uh, to a new ClickFunnels page, but then you'll have some amount of customers in your ClickFunnels and none of it will talk to it. You know, the backend integration is completely, you know, two separate systems. So, so the, the challenge with building ClickFunnels is you're a, it's a very siloed system. And so, again, if that is a short-term campaign and you end up with a lot of sales and a lot of customer information that you would then, you know, take out and put into your email list or, you know, whatever, that's fine. That's cool. But if you, for example, sell something to one of your customers on ClickFunnels, but then you wanted to know that they also, or you cared, or you had an ins wanted to have an insight into how many things they had purchased on your Shopify store, or things like loyalty points program in Shopify. Like you know, your customers will ask you, "Well, uh, hey, I just bought the the new book. Do I get my? Where's my loyalty points? Sorry." That's on a different system. We're not integrated currently with loyalty points programming for for the book because see the customer won't know or care. They'll just be like, "Well, <laughs> I want my loyalty points." So these are structural data questions that kind of are spoilers. It's why you won't just. It's why it's not advisable to just have a Shopify system going and let's just throw up some ClickFunnels pages, you know, for so for some products and not for others, you know, type thing. Yeah, so that really brings me to my question to you personally, which is obviously you, you're a massive Shopify uh, fan. You built a, a mm -hmm. huge site around Shopify. You teach your clients Shopify. Yeah. Kyle obviously is a very much an Amazon-focused uh, person. And yeah. then you're kind of introducing this extra system. So obviously you didn't have to do that, but you still went for ClickFunnels despite knowing, as you do, unlike yeah. your, some of your clients, yeah. these integration problems. So what was it about ClickFunnels that was so good that that made you overcome all these integration issues you just flagged up? Sure. Well, it's a great question. And I guess to let me just kind of go up, you know, 30,000 feet to say, I love, I do love Shopify. We built Pixie Fair on Shopify. It has been featured by Shopify. It's one of the sites on Shopify that consistently gets that literally in the top, you know, couple percentiles for blog comments and uh, conversion rate, all of the metrics in Shopify that we've focused on. I love that whole system. But as an educator, I have a different set of tools for the educational, you know, toolkit. <laughs> Obviously, I, you know, I sell, I think of 39,000 students on Udemy, uh, you know, just an educational marketplace. And then our core business winning on Shopify.com, which is about to be rebranded, is built on Kajabi, not on Shopify. And then for these campaigns that we're doing, these short-term specific camp click funnels is a fantastic tool. So, you know, I, the, the last thing I would want to do is say to everybody, you Shopify for everything. <laughs> you know, it's just, this is not, it's not a wise um, idea. Shopify is phenomenal 
for e-commerce for physical products and for digital products. Our use cases is primarily digital products, but ClickFunnels has its place. Kajabi has its place. And uh, that's kind of how we approach it. So if you've got your Kajabi set up, I mean, I don't use Kajabi. I've I've heard it's very good for some membership sites. It's a fairly Mm -hmm. standard thing. You and I have talked about it before in the past. We've talked about sort of educational piece or digital market, um, creating digital products, more educational products, I suppose. Yeah. Um, does that integrate with sort of existing email service providers like MailChimp? Or, I mean, is it sort of lots of different systems that have to talk to each other or is it a fairly integrated system? Well, it's a good question on the email marketing side. So these systems will generally connect to an email service provider, you know, Clavio or MailChimp or whatever, Constant Contact, whatever it is. And so, you know, you'll you'll get the you'll get the outbound emails to go into your Clavio account from, from ClickFunnels or from Shopify or from Kajabi. But uh, in recent years, in the last two or three years, all of them have also started to build their own e- uh, email marketing systems. It's kind of like everybody's doing everything now. <laughs> so it just gets, which is great and also a total disaster. <laughs> and so when, when everybody does everything, you have to decide who does what for you and what makes sense. And so just as a practical matter, we've had our for Kyle and I's, you know, coaching consulting business, we have had our email marketing, you know, process run through MailChimp for the last three years until about uh, three months, two months ago, three months ago. And we basically migrated all of that effort to our Kajabi platform because Kajabi started doing email marketing. And we, the pros and cons of it were like, okay, you know, we've got, you know, a certain number of email addresses and our MailChimp account in totality, because it was used by me for Pixie Fair, Cinnamon and I for Pixie Fair, it's used for us for our charity. And it was used for winning on Shopify. It was close to $1,000 a month, just our MailChimp account. And so, yeah, after a while, you're like, okay, wait, there's, there's just basic you know, mathematics behind this. If we can start carving off these chunks and doing them on platforms that we're already paying for, maybe there's some logic there. And so, uh, so that's kind of the part of the thought. And then the other side of it is, does the platform like Kajabi actually do all the jobs we need it to? For example, automation sequences, follow up, you know, responder sequences, broadcast newsletters, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And Kajabi is, is done really well for us. We're liking it for the you know, last few months. Yeah, interesting. I've got similar sort of issues in this sort of educational type business, an amazing FBA that I basically mm-hmm. use WordPress as a, you know, which is, we've discussed already mm-hmm. about yeah. how suitable is that for e-commerce. Some people swear that it's great. Uh, a lot of people would say point to Shopify as a better bet, including an old um, business partner of mine who used to actually program these things. So I think that I'd probably come down on the Shopify side, but for more information or digital side stuff, it's a bit mm-hmm. more nuanced. I mean, Carter is what I've ended up using, probably because a very, very mm-hmm. clever friend of mine who runs mm-hmm. SaaS has, has sold, bought and built and sold several Amazon businesses and generally smart, smart uh, internet marketer all around really. I recommended it and it's been pretty good. One of the things, again, I don't want to get too platform specific. I mean, yeah. I'm not an affiliate for them. I probably should be, but I, what I yeah. could say is that it's worth thinking through for yourself. I think the the functions you need it to have mm-hmm. and then kind of having the structure in your head rather than just taking that ready-made structure which as you say since that everybody's doing everything it forces you to really think about you know if you've got a car that has 15 cup holders but you never drink coffee well okay the fact that it has cup holders is, is irrelevant mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's kind or of 15 cars yeah it can feel a bit like that i mean one of the things i quite like about cartridge is that it's built in the email marketing fairly baked in the system. So it's CRM, yeah. it does memberships, 
it does quite sophisticated email campaigns. I used to use Active mm-hmm. Campaign, which mm-hmm. is possibly one notch more sophisticated, but it's 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 pretty sophisticated. And you can do segmentation of stuff that I think is important. And this is good at integrating most things. So I, I do yeah. find it's helpful to have things in one place. Having yeah pulled things from multiple places in the past i have to say i'm in fa- in favor of an integrated system I and mean, what are your thoughts and we're getting broader than click funnels obviously but it's well we are paper, i guess we are but this is part of it i mean so i think the it, the use case for click funnels has to be you know in in context of uh, the other options available to us and so uh, yeah the, the reason I wasn't the, the reason I was leery of Kartra is because the people who made it made Webinar Jam and Webinar Jam hurt me so badly in the past that I never wanted to go there with them <laughs> and so sort of a grudge I guess not really a grudge it was just I was just like no I don't think so yeah but I didn't really have a use case for it because I was already using Kajabi and Mailchimp and you know ClickFunnels but I take your point to the extent you can build a part of your business on one core technology, you're, you're smarter for it. But these are the choices of multiple platforms. I, I mean, to your point, I mean, I do remember once, I think it was pretty much the first, I think it was the first um, podcast we did. We were using Carter for something and it completely let us down. And then after that, ever since <laughs> A hundred percent fine, yeah. I've got to say. And before it was yeah. just an unfortunate experience, but yeah. you know, you, you have to, say that you know the downside that you just effectively flagged right. up is is that if you put all your eggs in one basket and that basket sinks that's a very bad mixed yeah. metaphor then it's all lost yeah. whereas i guess if if you've got click funnels meets kajabi meets mailchimp whatever it may be a bit of a mess but no yeah. single point of failure so i yeah. guess these there's another point as well isn't it i would say i'm very grateful to have the ability on WordPress to do most of the stuff mm-hmm. I needed to, if I really had to, I've done it in the yeah. past yeah. as I've catched things together. And I think it's important to have that plan B available, yeah. just like a redundancy system in an aircraft mm-hmm. or something. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. I guess it's a broader point. Anyway, back to click funnels. Um, yes. So how do assume you're going to use it? How do you make the most of it? And because obviously there's lots of ways of doing it, mm-hmm. but I presume you're not just kind of putting one product up, sending a bunch of expensive traffic, and then that's it. There's something a bit more sophisticated than that. Well, ClickFunnels as a specific tool has a fantastic uh, use case. I mean, it is a it is an amazing tool. So with all of this pretext that we've just talked about about when and why it might be right for you or not, once you actually decide it is right for you. It has really got some components that are fantastic. And so, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of it, you know, even given all of this, you know, the pretext we just described or context, the, the, the idea that it's uh, an effective tool is w- without a doubt that it is an effective tool. And so there are a few things that really stand out to me that I really love about it. One of the things that Russell did very effectively early with ClickFunnels that many sites and, and, you know, others have copied now is the, the use of upsells in the checkout process. And he has, it, it's basically, you've got five selling opportunities inside every ClickFunnels campaign. Again, and I always talk about these as like their campaigns, you know, so, so inside the campaign, you've got five selling opportunities and you get to use them like a Swiss army knife. And it's really fascinating. And after the campaign is over, you get to look back statistically and say, oh, you know, 2% of our, you know, traffic chose this option or, you know, 49% of our traffic chose this option. The f- there's five things. And I'll just mention to him real quickly that there's the first thing is the, the front end offer, the thing that the customer is coming to the page to, to behold. 
It could be free or it could be paid. So that's your, you know, that's your first thing. We've done it differently two times this year, and we're about to do it in September a third way. And so we can describe those momentarily, but let me just get through this list. So, so the first thing is the front end offer. And then um, when people say yes to that front end offer, they're uh, on the checkout page where they have to enter their credit card. They're given what's called the order bump. And an order bump is just a little, they used to call it in direct response marketing, a Johnson box, I believe, but now they, Russell likes to call it a Brunson box, I think, but, but it's just a little pop-up that's, that it is a, a little micro discrete offer and it can be anything. And, and usually they say to make it sort of a bracketed, you know, three times the front end offer, you know, some small, but you know, meaningful amount to you. And it's giving the customer an additional thing. Russell's original marketing I think probably five, six years ago that I first saw was for physical product sellers. I remember the campaign he talked about. It was for gun cleaning oil called, called wolf oil. And, you know, that's a, that's a hit in Idaho where he's from or where Utah, wherever, but, you know, so, but, but that was his use case was gun oil. And the, and I believe the bump was double my order. And he split tested that against a, a ton of different things, as I recall. And the double my order bump was crushingly good, you know, order bump. And that lesson, I don't think many e-commerce sellers have figured out and applied in their own Shopify business. So that's a whole different thing, but that's the second, you know, offer you get to make. And then they'll check out in the process and you get to offer them what's called a OTO or a one-time offer. It's a video prompted, generally quick offer before they complete their checkout. And it basically says, hey, before you check out, like to extend a special offer to you right now, blah, blah, blah. And that can be anything you want it to be. It could be buy a piece of pie from someplace in New York and I'll mail it to you overnight. I mean, it could be literally anything. <laughs> it could be get our, you know, get our special widget book, whatever, membership program, what, whatever. It doesn't matter. So that's the third thing. And then if they say no to that, then you've got a downsell offer. And the downsell offer is a final kind of bite at the apple before, you know, you say to them, okay, you know, your, your, your content's on the way, your email confirmation's on the way or whatever. And the downsell is generally a low pricing. So the one-time offer, the OTO is a high price thing generally. The downsell offer is generally a low priced thing. And those are four core things in the checkout. And then the fifth thing that a lot, and, and you could actually, if you wanted, sorry, just as a kind of elaboration, you could stack as many of those as you wanted to. You could have 22 you know, downsells or whatever. But generally speaking, one upsell, uh, one OTO upsell and one downsell is, is recommended by Russell and his community, I believe. But you got a fifth thing. And this is really important. The fifth thing is the thing that you get to offer your, you know, prospective people at the end of whatever you're giving them. Call it at the end of the campaign, checkout or, you know, our offer. Now, in our use case, we've done this uh, twice this year, where we've done it as a virtual conference in what was it, April, in association with the, the e-commerce power book, we call it e-commerce power virtual summit, you were a speaker, we use ClickFunnels for that. And then we did a, a 30 day replens challenge, a challenge model for 30 days, and it was $30. That was our second use case or campaign that we did this year. And our third one in September, we're about to do, and that will be a five-day challenge for $5. And so, but at the end of those events, we get to invite people to do something. And in our case, we've invited them to small groups, to be a part of small groups. And so that's our fifth, our fifth offer 
in the funnel. So, th- so hopefully that makes sense. But that's that's just one of the really really powerful parts of uh, ClickFunnels. And once you go through that cycle and you see the data, you see the the percentages, and you see how it worked, it's really mesmerizing, and it's really kind of addicting. It's like, oh, I, I want to do this again. You know. So I think that the first thing I would say to anyone listening who, whether you feel after <laughs> basically saying, don't use ClickFunnels here, here, or here. I mean, whatever physical setup you use, whatever um, you use software, mm-hmm. I think it's really important not to dump the baby with the bathwater and say, you could do mm-hmm. this with any software. It's going to be harder to set it up with uh, WordPress. I can know from trying to do it and, you know, yeah. I managed to make it work, but it's harder work, but it, it doesn't really yeah. matter. That's, that's secondary. I think, is it ClickFunnels? Is it Kajabi? Is it Shopify? Is it somebody else who's copied it and comes up with a SaaS next week? I, I think it's less important, but the basic concept I think is really powerful because mm-hmm. that kind of psychology meets the economics of you know the overall average order value meets the ability to analyze and change is i think what's so exciting about it and, and obviously yeah. floats your boat and i find that very interesting as well love yeah. looking at the stats and going oh, this is why i think digital marketing is so so cool because there's marketing which was traditionally the the mad men creating stuff mm-hmm. and had mm-hmm. no idea whether it worked or not and then there's a bunch of boffins in the lab doing sort of scientific stuff and it never reached the general public. Yeah. This is the cool thing, isn't it? That that examination. So how do you go about sort of yeah. making sense of of those statistics that come out of the other end of the whole thing? Well, yeah, you're right that there are you can do this type of work on many platforms. The question is which ones do it the slickest. And the ones that do it the slickest for me, I think over time, what I've seen is they provide me with a lot of analytics about what the campaign did. So Shopify is terrific for that. The Shopify analytics page is a wealth of knowledge about what's happening in your Shopify site. The ClickFunnels, uh, you know, analytics backend page is clunkier and doesn't always work all the time. Technically, like it sometimes just doesn't load data. Some there's there's work for them to do there, but what they do show you, and generally it does work. What they do show you is just phenomenal, and so. So just at a broad level, I think for me, those are the sites that that's where, for example, WordPress just completely fails, you know? And so... Yeah, you're stuck in Google Analytics land and Google no, Search yeah. Console. And yeah, it's, it's hard yeah. work. It, yeah. It blew my mind, I have to say. That's why mm-hmm. she shifted over to a, a ready-made system. Yeah. Um, so... So yeah. with the data, then the question is, what do you, what, like, how do you evaluate yeah, success? Yeah, exactly. What numbers do you look at and how do you make sense of what could be yeah. quite a lot of maths, I guess, if you're not Yeah, sure. sure. Well, this is the beauty of uh, direct response marketing campaigns on the internet is you get to run the campaign math and just ask the basic questions. How much did we spend? How much did we make? Well, you know, where did our spend come from and which, you know, type of spending performed the best? For example, if we send a lot of traffic from our email list, did that perform better or worse than traffic from our Facebook ads? And so, you know, at the top level, this is basic ROI. How much return on investment, if any, did we receive? And the basics of direct response marketing math come into play here. It's like, you know, was this worth, was the juice worth the squeeze, as they say? Was the, was the total return to your business worth the, the effort, part of the effort for ClickFunnels, as well as for Shopify, is the time and energy to build this, the site itself, not just the spending of, you know, like on advertising. And so we should talk through that part of it. But but I will say the, you know, the basic metrics you're looking for is what was the overall traffic we sent to the page and how did it convert? So you can evaluate the product offer. You know, was our offer compelling? Did we get a product market fit in terms of the, who we were 
you know, who we were putting the, you know, the offer in front of and did they see it as valuable? Did they, did they bite, if you will, by, by, you know, going through and there's a whole, you know, host of questions you unpack as soon as you ask that, like, well, what was it? What was wrong? Was the title of it wrong? Was the product format or modality wrong? Like it was a video course, but they wanted a book or that was a book, but they wanted a video training. Was the price point appropriate or not or, or credible or not? Was it good copywriting? Was it, you know, confusing to the people who were on the page or was it crystal clear on and on and on? You know, I mean, uh, there's just a million questions there you can start to dig into and, and geek out over. Yeah. And that does, I guess you could end up in the rabbit hole quite quickly there. But one thing mm-hmm. that struck me about the metrics, side, in other words, the, the financial metrics is that you sneakily mentioned at the end, you got the five basic offers and yes, you could have a trillion. I've seen diagrams mm-hmm. of funnels from, from is it Rick Valentine, who you mentioned mm-hmm. a long time ago. And I actually took a challenge course and he, he was really, really good by the way. Mm-hmm. I thought very good at, at, at funnel structure. But the thing you sneakily just kind of casually mentioned at the end, I think is presumably the thing that makes all the difference to the metrics, which is at the end, you can invite having gotten to spend the whole $30 and you spent 30 days of your life running a challenge. And I know mm-hmm. you guys work really, really hard. Yeah. I've, I've been part of your challenges and follow them and been a guest speaker and you work really hard. But at the back end, if you're offering them a, a mastermind or, mm-hmm. or some kind of group membership, presumably the lifetime value of that or the long-term value of that mm-hmm. can be quite substantial. Is that really what makes it goes from break even to, to profit or do you try and make a profit on the front end? How do you, in yeah. simple terms? Yeah, I think, th- yeah, this is one of Russell's genius strategies, I think, is that what he what he found with the ClickFunnels format and with his, you know, bump, order bump and the OTO is that he could make the funnel or the you know, make the landing page perform sufficient to meet his ad spend and cost structure to acquire a customer. So for example, if it costs you, let's just say $25 to acquire a customer and your front end offer with the bump and that OTO can give you $25 for, you know, consistently for every person you, you know, that goes, goes to the page that you, that you end up, you know, converting, you're making $25 on them and it costs you $25 to get there. That's a self-liquidating lead in direct response marketing terms. That means, you could theoretically scale that to infinity because every dollar you spend to acquire, you get back. Now, there's literal constraints that stop that from being real, but but to to an, an extent, it's true. And so that was his genius. And then to your point, let's say that you acquired, let's just pick a number, any number you want, a thousand people that you acquired and you broke even or 10,000 or 100,000. If you break even on acquisition of that many people, then the next question is, what do you put in front of those people a week after, you know, you've, you've acquired them. And that is how ClickFunnels works. And it's how people become, you know, two, two comma club members is Russell's genius tool, which is a, you know, seven figure funnel. You are eligible to get a two comma club award, which is a beautiful placard on your wall. So it looks like a, like a radio gold, gold record or something like that. And then they have the 10x or whatever it is, but the the 10 10 million dollar club, which people do, and it's just phenomenal. So, um, so that's you know that's the logic of building through ClickFunnels. And when you hear all that, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna do this. We're like, wait, wait, wait! You've got 14 products on your Shopify site. Don't forget about those yeah. products. Yeah. You know? So that's my caution. Hey, folks, thank you so much for listening to the e-commerce leader again. Today's very interesting topic from uh, Jason, very topical in the sense that ClickFunnels is doing a very big push in his marketing at the moment. And of course, Jason is using ClickFunnels as part of their marketing with he and Kyle, his business partner for the um, consult work that Jason does. 
very interesting stuff. I guess today is a bit of a sort of counter to all the hype around ClickFunnels, which is to say it's amazing. And there are times when it isn't the right thing to use. And I think it's very important to do exactly what Jason was suggesting, which is if you have a Shopify set up and that's right for your products, that that is the tool for the job. That if it's a short term and limited campaign, you want a special focus, that ClickFunnels could be the thing for that. And really, you know, getting overexcited about one particular tool that doesn't necessarily integrate with the other systems like Shopify or, um, you know, WooCommerce or whatever else it is, is that you need to be very um, aware of that and, and look at the pros and cons and make sure that you, you know, make the most of it. But that if it does work for you, obviously, Jason, being a user of Shopify and then Kyle, his business partner, and their coaching business uh, is a massive user of Amazon as a platform. They both obviously successfully use ClickFunnels twice now and are about to use it for a third time and uh, join if you like the six comma club so they've uh, made over a hundred thousand dollars so far this year so obviously it's working for them as well so very interesting i think quite a nuanced perspective which is really nice to get as opposed to really violently pro and against which you get a lot of online i don't know about your facebook feed but mine is full of people saying this platform's terrible this political party is terrible and this one is amazing the truth is it depends really doesn't it sometimes on what you need and what tool you what you need your your marketing tools to do for you so hopefully today's been a nicely clarifying session next time we're going to talk a little bit more about jason's recent experiences uh, along with his business partner kyle who's really driving a lot of the tech i think on that one and and some you know some learnings from how to use click funnels in an effective way so I think is fascinating stuff. I'd really urge you, if you never use ClickFunnels in your life, to take the broader internet marketing learnings from it. I think people very often dismiss something because it doesn't happen to be their favorite tech tool and miss the the, the overall marketing structure, which is based on psychology. I would say most marketing structures based on psychology plus maths. In other words, the, the finances need to make sense. You've got some numbers that come out of it and then the psychology needs to make sense. And if you get that right, for me, that's the joy of digital marketing, that fun overlap between the two. Um, so I would urge you to take what works from today, even if you never use ClickFunnels in your life. Um, the final thing to say is really simple, which is hopefully you're getting value from this. And we get some very nice feedback from um, some pretty serious e-commerce sellers that we know personally, which is lovely. And if you'd like to join us regularly, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Final plea from us as ever is if you can take 10 seconds to leave us a one, two, three, four or five star rating on Apple Podcasts app. That would be amazing. Sooner or later, I hope that Spotify and the other apps out there, Google Podcasts, etc., will come up to speed. But so far, unfortunately, it seems that Apple Podcasts is the only place to be for ratings and reviews. So if you want to give us a rating, that's the only place you can do it. But don't forget to subscribe. And as ever, good hunting. And thank you so much for listening to The E-Commerce Leader. That was The E-Commerce Leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.